you have your Bibles, open to 2 Corinthians chapter 4, verse 16, and pray with me real quick. Heavenly Father, I thank you for this morning. I thank you for your word. I thank you that you're here. God, I thank you that your presence is here. I thank you that your spirit is here. I thank you, God, that you are in our midst this morning. God, I thank you that there's nothing too difficult for you. There's nothing too complicated for you. There's no sickness too great. There's no situation too damn for you to fix. Father, I thank you for it this morning. God, allow me to speak this with none of my own opinion or theology, but all of you and let every person under the sound of my voice leave this place changed, wanting and knowing you more. In Jesus' name, amen. We had ourselves a couple rough weeks. I think that would be an understatement. Now, obviously, we know that we don't have it the worst. People have it a lot worse than we do, but, but it has not been a walk in the park around here. Um, the last couple of weeks. And, and on top of that, many people that I know personally in this room, 2021 has been a year for you. Personally, for my wife and I, 2021 has been far and away, nothing comes close, the hardest year of ministry of my life. No, I mean, when I tell you nothing comes close, you could add up all the other years of ministry together, and it still doesn't touch 2021. 2021 has been complicated and difficult to a point that it made 2020 look easy. We thought 2020 was rough. I thought we're ending 20. You remember when everybody was saying, thank God with 2021? I'm like, can we just go back and just go, can we jump to 22? Just skip it. Because don't you know that even though the Bible says in James 1 and Romans 5 that we should count it all joy when we go through trials. You know it says that, right? right? We don't like that it says that. But it says that. We should count it all joy when we find ourselves going through trials. But I don't know about you, but trials are exhausting, right? Like difficult seasons, difficult times are exhausting. Like it doesn't matter how much you sleep, you're still tired. It doesn't matter if you go on a vacation, you're still exhausted. Why? Because the situation itself drains on you. See, you can go to work and your body can be tired, but you're not exhausted, right? If I go deer hunting on a deer hunting trip, I'm not sleeping much. I'm up early in the morning, up all day, walking through the woods, all this kind of stuff. I'm doing all kinds of stuff. I'm physically tired, but I'm not exhausted. Why? Because what I'm in the middle of doing is only taxing one area of my life. However, a trial or a storm or a crisis or a situation that we find ourselves going through, it, it attacks us three different ways. And I'm going to get into that in a minute. The three different areas that it hits us, which is why we're so exhausted. But I want to read you this scripture this morning. And I believe in that there's going to be some, the title of this message, let me stop running ahead of myself. The title of this message is Renewed in Christ. Renewed in Christ. I'm going to let you know this morning that I believe that the power of God is going to show up today. Right here at this front, we're going to be laying hands on people, and people are going to get healed, they're going to get refreshed, they're going to get delivered, they're going to get renewed. Why? Because he, the Lord doesn't want us beat up. He don't want us beat up. He don't want you beat up. He doesn't want your circumstance kicking the mess out of you. I want to read you this scripture in 2 Corinthians 4, verse 16. 4, we do not lose heart. Even though our outward man is perishing, yet the inward man is being renewed day by day. Therefore, we do not lose heart, even though our outward man is perishing, yet the inward man is being renewed day by day. Now, y'all, I tried 
to pronounce this word in Greek, and it was not happening. It's got like seven syllables. Y'all just forgive me. I was going to try and stand all studious for you. But just trust me. The word renewed means to renovate. In this scripture, it means to renovate. It means new strength and vigor are given. So if we read this again, there do not lose hope. Even though our outward man is perishing, yet the inward man is being renovated. See, when, when you start digging into Scripture and you find out what the words mean, it helps a lot of times give us a better, a better mental image, a better understanding of what he's saying. So when this Scripture is saying you're being renewed, I want you to think of the word renovation. Nobody renovates their house to make it worse. Nobody renovates their house to make it more complicated to make it less trendy, to make it less attractive, to make it less welcoming. Every time anyone I have ever known has renovated their house, it's to improve the quality of their home. It's to improve the appearance of their home. It's always an improvement because nobody says, hey, our house is too nice. Let's renovate it and make it a little less worse, like a little less attractive, right? Let's, let's make it a little less valuable. Nobody ever says that. And so what he's saying here is our inward and is being renovated day by day. Now notice the very first phrase of the scripture. It says, therefore, we don't lose heart. If you know your, your word, you know Proverbs 4.23 says, to above all else, guard the heart, for out of it flows the, well, the wellspring of life, for out of it flows the issues of life. So he says, we do not lose heart. And I'll get into this a little bit more in a minute, but hear me out. I understand that the trial is hard, the season is hard, the battle is hard, the, the situation that you've been going through for years is hard, but you cannot lose heart. You can't lose heart. I'm going to tell you why and how in a minute, but you can't lose heart because he says here, you can't lose heart. Let me tell you why you can't lose heart because even though your outer man is perishing, your outer man is perishing, your inner man is being renovated. Our outer man is perishing. Now, what I meant earlier about the three things that trials bring to us. Number one, the three things that our body can't handle, our bo physical bodies are aging. I don't know if you knew this, but you're getting older. We're all getting older. I, as you know, I fell down a mountain a couple months ago. It sounds so much cooler when I don't give you the full context. Sometimes I fell down a mountain and I hurt my knee, sprained my knee. Well, I was feeling pretty good. I was doing therapy and everything was great. Last week, it was hot. I don't know if y'all knew that, but it was really hot last week. And I had finished doing whatever work I was doing, and I stopped at Rachel and Cliff Wilson's house. They were going to feed me dinner, and they have a pool. And so I took my phone out of my pocket, took my shoes off, and I jumped in the pool. Clothes, hat, everything. Just jumped right in the pool. And you know when you jump in the pool and you go to swim, it's like just second nature. Well, when you kick your feet, a lot of times your leg just kind of flops like this, right? Well, I did that out of second nature, and when I tell you it hurt, y'all, it hurt. Like, it's still sore. My knee's still sore. I don't know what I did. I hope I didn't do nothing else to it. But it, it, it really hurt. And I'm sitting here thinking to myself, y'all, I fell July 10th, and it's Labor Day week, and I'm still sore. My mom and daddy were right when they said don't get old. And I'm only in my 30s. But I can, I can already feel the deterioration of my physical body, my, simply due to because our bodies, this fleshly body, his, once sin came in, once the sin nature happened, for the wages of sin is death, our fleshly bodies were never meant to live for eternity. Sin has robbed us of eternal life in this body. 
So because of that, we age. So your physical body was not meant to handle all the different things we go through, through these trials and through these. But the second part is our emotions. Do you, under, do you know something? You, in and of yourself, are not strong enough to overcome a stressful situation. You're not strong enough to overcome an anxious situation. You, in and of yourself, are not strong enough to overcome a fearful situation. But you may say, Pastor Chris, I don't, I, I'm not afraid. No, you've never been in a situation that scared you. I don't deal with fear very much. I don't know why. I've just never really dealt with fear. But at 3 o'clock in the morning on August 29th, my phone starts blowing up. Everybody's telling me to check the weather because one of the weathermen said the storm was going to wrap the causeway. And that would have been real bad for me because I was in South Lake. And that's a lot closer to the causeway than where the storm actually ended up hitting. And I remember getting up 3 o'clock in the morning, and I'm pacing back and forth. I'm looking at the traffic. I can't get out. So I started, I started like really, really dealing because I got my wife and kids in Orlando. I can't get to them. I don't want, I don't want to orphan them. The whole nine yards, right? And, I, and, and I'm struggling because I don't normally deal with fear, but to be honest, I don't find myself in, myself in situations that scare me very much. But this situation did. See, our natural selves are not capable of handling the emotional weight and stress that comes from crisis and storms. The third part is mentally. You're not mentally capable of handling them either. You're, listen carefully. You, in and of yourself, I don't care how educated you are. It doesn't matter how smart or brilliant or mentally tough you are. You are not mentally capable of handling losing everything like we did for Katrina. You're not mentally capable of doing it. You could say, well, Pastor Chris, I got through it. Yeah, you got through it, but you're living with PTSD over it now. Because every time a storm comes in the Gulf, you start itching and having flashbacks, and you don't want to talk to nobody because you remember what happened. The other day, one of the families we helped out in Braithwaite, I went down there. Y'all, I smelled the smell. Y'all know the smell I'm talking I smelled the smell. Y'all, I closed my eyes, and I was 18 walking back in my house again. It was that fast because it stained. We are not mentally capable. Of, we are perishing. And Scripture knows this. So what I'm trying to help you understand, because there's this problem we're looking at, is that we cannot handle trial, we cannot handle aging, we cannot handle the mental and the, the stress and the emotional pain and turmoil that we go through through these crises, but yet the Bible says count all joy when we go through them. It doesn't make a lot of sense to me, but this verse of Scripture helps us understand it because, see, we try to combat this stuff in the natural. How many of you said this, I just need a vacation? Right? Like, like all of us say that, right? We all need a vacation, right? Last week, was it last week? Week before, week before, when there was no power here and the hurricane just hit, I'm thinking to myself, I'd kill to go to the beach. I was actually supposed to go to the beach Labor Day weekend, and I didn't. Boy, I love it. I need a vacation. Boy, I need a vacation. You know what's amazing? I could have went to the beach. I could have spent the money on the hotel. Spent the money in the restaurants, and I'd have come home, and the same problem would have still been there. But yet we tell ourselves, I need a vacation. One of the guys that used to own uh, the hunting land, the hunting club I used to be in, he used to have this statement that, oh, that man just needs a few days in the woods. That, that was his line. When you stress out, oh, he just needs a few days in the woods, he'll fix it. Yo, I, I can remember going hunting and thinking, I, I just need a few days in the woods, and I come back from the woods, and everything's still the same. See, we try to combat these things. 
I just need to go to the gym. If I can go to the gym and I can work out and I'll do two workouts a day and I can just go get all my stress lifting weights. I can, I can go deal with it in the gym. I can deal with it at the ballpark. I can deal with it at the ballroom. We, we, we try to cope with these situations, but the problem is we're coping them through a body that is perishing. So all of the things that we try to do are perishing. Because the vacation's going to end, the hobby is going to end, the workout is going to end, but the problem is still there. But here, Paul says, though our outward man is perishing, our inner man is being renewed or being renovated. Where does this renewal come from? How is my inner man renovated? It's being renovated. Put it up, uh, verse 16 for me. Look at the second half. Yet the inward man is being renewed or renovated day by day. Well, Lord, if the word says that my inner man is being renewed day by day, then why in the world do I feel like I do every day? Why in the world am I still battling what I'm battling? Am I still fighting what I'm fighting? Am I still feeling the same? Why in the world is it still happening if my inner man is being renewed day by day? Thank you for asking. I'm so thankful. Go to Titus chapter 3, verse 4. But when the kindness and love of God our Savior toward man appeared, not by works of righteousness what we have done, but according to his mercy he saved us, through the washing of regeneration and renewing of the Holy Spirit. Keep going. Whom he poured out on us abundantly, say abundantly, abundantly through Jesus Christ our Savior. That having been justified by his grace, we should become heirs according to the hope of eternal life. Go back to verse 4 for me. I want to break this down for you. It's important to catch it. We've got to notice how it's laid out. But when the kindness and the love of God, our Savior, toward man appeared, there's a comma. So the next part of the sentence is explaining where that came from or how it got there. Not by works of righteousness, which we have done, but according to his mercy, he saved us. Hear me out. The renewing doesn't come from something you do any more than your salvation comes from something you do. The renewing, the renovation that I'm talking about, which I haven't really even got into the good stuff yet. The renovation and the renewing that I'm talking about, it doesn't come because you pray a prayer, because you attend church, you check a list or do all the... not where it comes from. It comes from, if you go to verse 4, back to verse 4 for me. The kindness and the love of God, our Savior. That's where it comes from. That is the source of the renewing. The source of the renovation is through the love and the kindness of God, our Savior. But how do we get it? Go to verse 6. Verse 5, sorry. Verse 5. Through the washing of regeneration, which is when we're washed, we're made more like him. That's regenerating our spirit man. That's bringing our spirit man to life. And the renewing or the renovation of the Holy Spirit. So it's the love and it's the kindness of God our Savior that we didn't do nothing to earn, but it's been poured out on us abundantly. Remember, abundantly. And we have access to this. We see this in our lives through the Holy Spirit. Now, let me explain this to you. Y'all with me? I've been setting the table. We're about to start serving the food. It comes from the Holy Spirit. The Holy Spirit is essentially a full-time architect, 
contractor, interior designer for your inner man. And he works 24 hours a day, seven hours a week to constantly renovate you, to constantly keep you fresh, to constantly keep you renewed. To con- he is constantly working at renovating you because it's nothing that I can do of myself. It's nothing I can do on my own. He is renovating me. This is why there should always be a difference in the lifestyle of a Christian the longer we're serving Jesus. Because he is renewing me. He is renovating me. If you come to my house, we're in the middle of a renovation. If you come to my house and you came to my house last year, you will notice that there is something different about my house than there was before because we have renovated it. The problem is there are so many Christians that say they're in church and say they're in Christ, but there's no renovating happening. There's no difference taking place. Renovation comes, and he's constantly making you different. He's constantly changing you. He's constantly coming in and renewing the parts of you that the diagnosis is kicking down. He's constantly renewing the parts of you that the stress is beating up, that the problems are beating up, that the financial worries are beating up. He's constantly coming and renewing you. He's coming to be a part of this. But Pastor Chris, why? Why don't I experience it? Why don't... Why am I not experiencing this joy and this, this, this peace in my life? Go to verse 6 for me. Renewing of the Holy Spirit, whom he poured out on us abundantly. That means that this contractor, this architect, and this interior designer, he has no budget. It's, an open, it's a blank check. He don't, it's not like an like a, like a animal shelter where they got a certain amount of money allocated for every animal that comes in. No, no. He, it's completely limitless. He will renovate you around the clock all the time, and there's no budget he has to work within. He has poured out on us abundantly through Christ our Savior. If you're not experiencing this renovation, if there's no renovating happening, it's because you're not in Christ. It's because you're not in Christ. Well, Pastor Chris, I'm in church. That verse says. I'm in life group. That ain't what that verse says. I listen to Christian radio. That ain't what that verse says. That verse says, in Christ. When I'm in Christ, he renovates me. Now, before I keep going, I've got a little more to give you here. Have you ever found yourself in a situation that, that was... And, and you handled it like the Lord told you to, meaning you're in prayer and you're in the word and you're staying plugged in and you're going after Jesus. But the situation is still really, 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 really difficult, right? But then after a little while, the situation didn't change, but it's no longer as difficult, right? Time doesn't heal all wounds. The Holy Spirit heals all wounds. Because you can spend time waiting for something to heal itself. Or you can go to the healer and spend time with him and he will heal it. We have so many Christians that sit in chairs and think that because they're in church, they're in Christ. Listen to me. I'm not trying to beat you up. In a minute, I'm going to give you a whole bunch of hope and encouragement. But you have to understand that none of the benefits, hear me out, not just this message, none of the benefits that this book provides or affords to us is available to someone who is not in Christ. They're not. 
I know that, that's hard. It might be ugly and mean. And I'm just telling you what the book says. They're not available to anybody who isn't in Christ. All renewal is found in Christ. All hope is found in Christ. All joy is found in Christ. All peace is found in Christ because he's the prince of peace. He's unspeakable joy. That's what he is. Now, I want to go a little further this morning. It's, the, it's him. It's his attributes that renew us. Let's go a little further. Go to Isaiah chapter 40, verse 27. Now, everybody knows Isaiah 40, 31. They that wait in the Lord shall renew their strength. They shall run and not grow weary. They shall walk and not faint. Like, everybody knows that. But again, I say this all the time. If you're a Christian and you're reading your Bible and you don't know what to read, go to a famous scripture and read backwards. And if it's in another chapter, read forwards. Because there's a whole bunch of stuff around the, like these scriptures aren't just awesome because they're in, on this page. It's like if you're watching a TV show and you're watching the finale of season four, and it's a cool show, but how much better is it if you've watched the entire show up to season four, Right? That, that's what this, this whole thing is. Let's go to Isaiah 40, verse 27. Why, this is Isaiah saying, Why do you say, O Jacob, and speak, O Israel, my way is hidden from the Lord, and my just claim is passed over by my God? Now, let me just let you know, if there's ever been a verse of Scripture that sounds like us, it's this one. God, where are you? I go to church. I read my Bible, I pray, I tithe, I'm in life group, I do all the things I'm supposed to do, and yet my just claim is, is ignored. My just claim is passed over. I don't have what I'm believing for. I'm not getting what I think I should be getting. Why did that happen to me? Why did that happen to this person? Why am I walking through this? Why is that person getting it and I'm not getting it? And we sound like this over and over and over and over again because the bottom line is it hurts. It's hard. It is difficult to watch other people who have done less than you. I know that's not a biblical way of thinking, but it's how we think. They don't serve you as good as I do or as much as I do, and look what they've got. They, they, they don't even, they don't, they, they hypocrites, God. They live one way on Sunday and another way on Saturday night, and yet they're blessed to contain it. It's not fair, God. You ever said that? Thank you for like nobody in the building being honest. If you've never told God it's not fair, you're not trying to live like him. I can remember walking into Wendy's years ago. I was youth pastoring. I was working another full-time job, and I walked in on my lunch break, and I was meeting. We are having a staff meeting at Wendy's because that's the only time I could meet. And I walk in. And there was a guy I used to go to youth with, walks in. He's like, hey, man, what's up? And this dude, I mean, he wasn't on drugs. He was dealing them. And I knew this because I worked at the pawn shop, so I saw him all the time. And, I mean, this, he wasn't, a good, wasn't in a good place. He's like, man, what's up? What's going on, man? And he says, you know what? I owe you lunch. I'm like, for what? He's like, I don't know. I just feel like buying you lunch. He's flaunting his He pulls out, like, I don't know, $1,500 bills and just trying to, I got to find a 20, <laughs> like joking. And I'm sitting there, and I'm about to start busting out crying because here I am making like $9 an hour trying to pastor a bunch of young people. And I remember sitting down in the staff meeting. didn't happen. I sat there, and I had to get minutes to the whole time. I was about to start crying because how is this guy living in total wickedness? 
absolute wickedness, living like he's living and walking around with that in his pocket. And I'm hoping that I can buy Wendy's and not go NSF. And I remember leaving. I mean, I got ministry to do, but it didn't work. I was still upset. I'm like, God, this ain't fair. I've been faithful. This ain't fair. We say this, but we don't keep reading. We, we say these things, but we don't read. We say these things on Facebook, but we don't read his book. We, we, we post these things on our story and forget that he's writing ours. We forget what's actually going on here. And so let's keep reading. So verse 27 again. Why do you say, O Jacob, and speak, O Israel, my way is hidden from the Lord, and my just claim is passed over by my God? Verse 28. Have you not known, have you not heard the everlasting God, the Lord, the creator of the ends of the earth, neither faints nor is weary, and his understanding is unsearchable. He gives power to the weak, and to those who have no might, he increases strength. Even the youth get faint and be weary, and the young men shall utterly fall. But though, see, now the verse has so much more power in it because you're not just reading a snippet of it on version at 8 o'clock in the morning. 31. But those who wait on the Lord, what they're going to do? Shall renew. They shall, re- they shall renovate their strength. That means you were strong, but I got to renovate you to make you stronger for what I'm bringing you to. They shall mount up with wings like eagles. They shall run and not be weary, and they shall walk and not faint. Hear me out. God is not ignoring you. Some of you got to hear this. God is not ignoring you. He has not about you. He's not overlooking you. No, he's positioning you for renovation. He's setting you up for renovation. He's setting you up for renewal. He's setting you up to receive something from him you cannot get unless you're in the position that you're in. Joseph would have never become second in command in Egypt if his brothers had not thrown him in a pit and then sold him into slavery. But I can promise you, when he was in the pit and he was in slavery, he was thinking, God, where are you? I can promise you. Elijah, 1 Kings 17, one of my favorite Bible people. Elijah walks in out of nowhere, tells the king, it ain't going to rain until I say it is. Then he goes and hides for three years. He's the most man in Israel. He's fed every day by birds. That doesn't sound very appetizing. I don't know about you, but I don't want to eat stuff that birds bring me. It's just particularly not my type of appetite. And he's drinking from a water. And he sits there for three years. I can promise you at some point he's like, God, what are you doing? You forget me over here. No, what I'm doing, Elijah, is I'm setting you up for one of the coolest stories in the entire Old Testament. But so often, We spend all our time complaining instead of waiting. We spend all our time venting to a friend instead of pouring our heart out to the Lord. Because the bottom line is your friend can only agree that it sucks. When you vent to the Lord and you go to the Lord, He renews you. He's the one that picks you up. I don't need someone to tell me my difficult situation is difficult. Let's be honest. 
Everybody got that one friend, right? You got that one friend that maybe, maybe you got two. I probably got two. That like, they get it all. Right? Like they, they got the Chris can repent after card. Right? If I got, like if I'm angry, I call them. I'm going to be mean. I'm going to say some things and I'm going to repent. Like, okay. I got two people. They got that and they can tell me to shut up and all too. But, right? I got those people. But here's the deal. Every time I've called them, Venting to them never helped me. I'm going to be real. It never did. They give me some wisdom. They pray with me. That's fine. It's never fixed the problem. You know what fixed the problem? The same thing that fixed the problem at 4 o'clock in the morning, August 29th, when I was about to have a panic attack. What I did, I put on worship music, and I started raising a hallelujah in the middle of the storm. That's what fixed the problem. Why? I didn't go to a friend. I didn't go to a peer. I didn't go to a person. I didn't go to a vice. I didn't go to a hobby. I went to the Holy Spirit who through him I get renovation. Through him I get renewal. Some of you are fighting through things and wondering why it's not improving. And that's God is putting you in a position to renew you. He's putting you in a position to renovate you. Because what happens when your renovation is done? At your house, what do you do when you finish your renovation? Give everybody over. Come check it out. Hear me out. God's trying to get you to sit still and quiet long enough so he can renovate you. He's going to renovate you. He can say, hey, everybody, look at Kelly. Hey, everybody, look at Megan. Look at Jason. Look, look what I did because you can't do it. You can't renovate yourself. He does. So what does he do? He's, he puts you in a position that's miserable and it's difficult and it's hard and it's uncomfortable and it's painful. But he does it because he's setting you up. I'm not trying to get a bunch of cheap amens. I'm trying to speak life and hope into somebody's spirit in here that is so tired of waiting and you're so bummed out from waiting and you feel forgotten and you feel rejected. I'm here to tell you he has not forgotten you. He's not forsaken you because never have the righteous ever begged for a seat of bread. No, he's got you positioned exactly where he wants you as long as you're in Christ. And I can promise you as sure as I'm standing here that he will renew you and he will renovate you. And the process to get renovated is always greater than the actual process itself, than the pain of the process. Let's keep going. I'm going to close and give you some hope because I'm getting a little over the place and I'm ready to pray for people. Hallelujah. Woo! Go to 2 Corinthians chapter 4 again, verse 16. We've got to keep reading. Therefore, we do not lose heart, even though the outward man is perishing, yet the inward man is being renewed day by day. I don't know if you're ready for this one. I hope you, hit, you get this like it got me. For our light affliction, which is but for a moment, is working for us a far more exceeding and eternal weight of glory. For our light affliction which is but for a moment. Do you, you, you realize what, Paul, what the Holy Spirit through Paul is saying right here? He's saying calm down. If I told you to calm down, you'd hate me, you'd leave my church, and you'd post on me on Facebook. But he's saying, he's, calm down. Just calm down. You, you can't tell the wife that. Right? Like if, 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 if the wife is upset, you can't say calm down. But Jesus can but our light and momentary affliction is but for a moment. When I was studying this out, the words used for affliction or light and momentary, the phrasing right there, it's twofold. 
What it's referring to, what this verse says, is the light affliction. So the description of the word affliction is light, which means the depth of the trial, okay, is momentary, the duration of the trial. So what God is saying is the depth of your trial, the depth, the pain, the hurt, the weight, the magnitude, and the size of what you're going through, light, and the duration, the length, the months, the years that you have gone through it is momentary compared compared to the weight of glory that he's working in you. The trial, as bad as it is, is light. And as long as you've been in it, is momentary when compared to what he's working in you. Read verse 18. While we do not look at things which are seen, but at the things which are not seen, for the things which are seen are temporary, but the things which are not seen are eternal. And most of you are probably sitting there thinking, well, Pastor Chris, I understand that when I'm with the Lord in eternity, that my trial, it's going to be like a moment. And it's going to pass, and it's not going to be a big deal. But Pastor Chris, I, I'm still here. I'm not there yet. And I have this hope that, you know, when I'm with him, in heaven one day that it, it, I'm not going to worry about this. Newsflash, we're not going to spend eternity in heaven. I don't know if you knew that. He creates a new heaven and a new earth, and he brings it here, and we live here in a new earth. So just busted a lot of people's theology there for a second, but we do not spend eternity in heaven. Yes, the hope that it's referring to right here is this eternal hope that one day this momentary trial and the, 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 the light measure of pain that I'm feeling, it's going to be nothing compared to what happens down the road. But there's another scripture that we don't apply to this that we should. And you all know it. Because, see, the, the renovation and the renewal that he's bringing in my life and in your life is not just limited to something I'm going to experience in eternity. Because there's this scripture in Matthew 6 that says, Our Father who art in heaven, hallowed be thy name. Thy kingdom come. Thy will be done on earth as it already is in heaven. 1 Corinthians 13 says, But now we see, Cody, you come play. Now we see, but as in a mirror dimly lit. Now we see, but in part. No, I'm not going to experience the fullness of the weight of the glory that he's preparing for me. But I can experience half. I can experience some. I can experience a portion. Why? Because your kingdom come on earth as it already is in heaven. This is why people are able to walk this life battling cancer and you wouldn't know it. 
that's not because they have a strong mental approach. One of the pastors we're going to help today, Lockport, has battled multiple myeloma for years. Years. He has been, I've seen him sick, 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 sick. And I have never heard him complain. Why? Because he understands that this light affliction is but momentary. Hear me out. Some of you in here are waiting for a spouse. It's painful. And it hurts. It's a light affliction. But for a moment. Some of you are waiting to get pregnant. It's a light and momentary affliction. Some of you are believing for a marriage restoration and it hurts. It's a light and momentary affliction. But you don't have to wait. You don't have to wait until eternity because the word says let your kingdom come on earth as it already is. Do you understand that when Jesus said it was finished, he meant everything was finished. Not just the work on the cross. Everything was finished. I want you to bow your heads with me this morning.